Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to increase your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found the right podcast that shares ideas that'll help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall later when it's time to let go. I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some great news for you. I've released my second book called The Profit Accelerator, and I'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Go download my book and let me know if you want to be interviewed. It's available for free for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing business owners. So confident that this book and their strategies can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and the value of their company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up your book at www.trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, listeners, I'm really excited to have with you today my international guest. (laughs) Um, Melissa Weidner is the CEO of Lighter Capital the pioneer and leader in revenue-based financing for tech startups and scale-ups. Lighter Capital is backed by the National Australia Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, and Voyager Capital. Melissa has a deep understanding of both entrepreneurial's journey and the role a funding partner can provide. As CEO, Melissa has led two companies to successful exits, returning over 10 times the return uh, to her investors. She was the founder and CEO of a Silicon Valley-based Seven software, which was acquired by one company, CNQR, then acquired by SAP. We're talking serious here, folks. She was the managing director of NAV Ventures, the VC arm of National Australia Bank, where she led the bank's investments into high-growth fintechs, including Lighter Capital. Melissa holds a master's degree from Stanford University and a bachelor's degree from the University of Washington. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Hi, Marcia. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I love this. And this is such an important time for businesses to be looking at financing and financing available to them at a time where maybe at least in the States here, we're going into a recessionary kind of period and into a new year, this is a perfect topic to get going on. But let me ask you a question. And I ask everybody this question, what in the world was so attractive to to corporate financing for you to come into this world? Um, Well, to lighter capital specifically. So I've been around um, the startup financing world for almost a couple decades now. And (laughs) lighter capital to me just fills a niche that um, is is so demanded, but didn't really exist before, or so needed, but didn't really exist before. We have on the one hand, 
We have venture-backed companies, and that's what we read a lot about in the press as companies raising large venture-backed rounds. But the reality is venture capitalists fund a very small percentage of not just companies overall, but even tech companies. They fund about 1% of tech companies get funding from venture capitalists. So even though that's what we hear about the most and that's what's celebrated the most, it's actually not the most common path for somebody growing a tech company to to find growth capital. Um, And then on the other hand, there's banks and banks typically aren't going to lend to early stage technology companies. They're looking for profits, which a lot of times these early stage technology companies don't have because they're investing all their money into growth (laughs) and, and investing all their revenue back into growth. So they're seeking growth more than profits. Um, and they're looking for hard assets, things uh, over which they can take a, a secured interest. So there's this great group of companies, in fact, the majority of tech companies that, you know, before Lighter came along and other companies now like Lighter didn't have easy access to financing. They may, would have to bootstrap. So they'd have to fund mm-hmm. it themselves or maybe get friends and family money, but Lighter fills this gap for companies, for for a specific type of tech company. And we look for companies that have recurring revenue and we'll fund companies that have at least $200,000 a year in recurring revenue. And it's non-dilutive, which means we don't take any equity and we don't take any control. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you mentioned that it's such a... Um, a needed market and the other providers only touch us a, a small golden goose egg of, of <laughs> companies on the other side. But there's so many companies that need funding, whether it's to, um, you know, like a client of mine to go buy a, a, a supply that they need to produce the product that they're doing. And, you know, it's just not available. I mean, for these smaller companies, Mm. not just tech, but all smaller companies, it's just, it's such a missing needed space that um, I'm so glad Lighter fills. Yeah. um, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so tell me, um, you know, when we look at these kind of financing um, opportunities, what are some of the needs from the business owners that they're looking for that kind of financing for? Um, well, typically it's, it's, it typically it's for growth. So oftentimes, and, and we've done over a thousand rounds of financing. So wow. in, in that we have a lot of different examples from companies that are really <laughs> far along and maybe have already raised venture capital, but want to use non-dilutive funding for their next stage. Um, but the most common company that we fund has around a million in revenue, annual revenue. Like I said, they only need to have 200,000, but the most common is a company that has a million in revenue. They've either they've either reached that point through um, bootstrapping, so not taking any external capital, or a lot of times maybe some angels, some friends and family money. And they've now figured out their market. They figured out how to sell what they're selling, their products mm-hmm. ready. So oftentimes they are looking for growth capital because they're now ready to hire either potentially it's their first external external salesperson or they're ready to expand their product and they want to hire a few more dev people. But it oftentimes is for growth. Companies that have been bootstrapped to a certain point and they know if they pour water here, it will grow and they're ready to go get some water. I love that. I love that. And oftentimes, like you said, the traditional banks 
they don't want that. They want to, they want something that's already solid and proven and profitability's there, or there's hard assets that they could go repossess if right. they needed to. Or personal and, guarantees from the founders. Yeah. yeah. Right. Their homes, their, their mm-hmm. retirement accounts and their yep. investment accounts, which is, you know, a lot of times these kind mm-hmm. of founders have put that money into their business. So they may not look really strong on paper. So having opportunities like yours opens the door for that growth. And I think that's what, I mean, that's the space we're both in is the growing situation. So I find that it's very welcoming that there's opportunities out there like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when we're talking about financing, we're talking about growth, we're hiring development people, we're hiring salespeople, maybe we're buying more product to improve the, the product that we're delivering or system or software or what have you that we're doing. Um, none of that needs to be proven or, or, or put up as collateral. No, I mean, we take a general security over the company, but we don't take, um, we don't take, for example, we don't secure the invoices. We don't take, it's, it's not a factoring company. So the way the product works is um, we lend a fixed amount of money. So let's say we say, Marcia, we're, we will give you a dollar and um, you're over, if it's over three years, typically our loans are over three years, they're longer. Mm-hmm. We might say in over three years, depending on where you sit on the risk factor, we you know take a whole bunch of data in and where, where you sit and how we factor in risk, we will say, okay, you'll pay us back $1.30 over three years. And if you want money for a shorter time, you know, it might be like a dollar eight over a year. Okay. But okay. but typically companies want money for a longer period of time. And actually the IRR, the internal rate of return, is actually lower if you borrow a dollar thirty over three time. years than a dollar eight over um one year, depending on payments. But anyway, right. Um so let's take that longer term example. So we will say we'll give you a dollar and you're going to pay us back a dollar thirty over three years. And what we're doing is we're looking at your, we're predicting what we think your revenue will be. So we'll Mm. take the data from what your revenue already is. And we'll say, uh, we think your revenue will be this over the next three years. And therefore, if you pay us a percentage of your revenue, and it's usually a very small percentage, you know, 10% or under 10%, the, you will have paid us back in full in three years. I love that. We don't. It's a very simple math. Very simple. It's very, it's very simple. And what, and what the entrepreneur has to do is look at, is that 30 cents that I'm paying going to, you know, create more than that in value. And it's, it's really inexpensive money compared to taking venture money or, you know, any kind of dilutive capital from an angel. Let's say you had to give away, you know, 10% of your company. To, I'm, I'm saying a dollar, but we're saying a million sure. dollars, right? Let's say you we're, had to give away 10% of that. your company, right? To get that million dollars and, and your company is going to be worth tens of millions of dollars. That ends up being really expensive if you have to go down an equity path and you're, and you're growing. So, um, and then the, the nice thing, our, our payback is very much aligned with the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because the payback is a percentage of your revenue and it's a percentage of the cash collected revenue. Mm. So it works really well for companies. Well, it works really well for all companies, but it works especially well for companies that have seasonal revenue. So, Mm. you know, if your revenue is collected one or two times a year, which, you know, we have companies in the ed tech space where that's the case, um, they'll have 
bigger loan payments because it's fixed percentage of the revenue. So say it's 5% of your revenue. And you know, one month you might have 200,000 in revenue and the next month you have no revenue. So the month that you have 200,000 in revenue, you know, it's always 5% of the revenue. So it's, it's not an onerous debt burden that cannot be serviced because it's based on cash collected revenue. I love it. And, and, and it seems very, very user-friendly to the business owner and easily calculated by your own. Um, so what what triggered me or what caught me is the the thing that venture capitalists or um, you know other lenders, the angel investors and series loans and and those kind of things is they want a piece of the company. Yeah. And and what I guide my clients with is like, hey, wait a minute, you're giving up a piece forever. And right. the only way you can get them out is to buy them out or sell the company, which a mm. lot of times that's what they're pushing to do. And if that's not your path for your company, maybe it is. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's not your path to be acquired and get out and start again, then you might want to look at how taking on that kind of money can have a long-term relationship with yeah. someone that maybe you don't want a long-term relationship with. Yeah. No, it's a very it's, good it's point. Yeah. And I've I've um, been an angel investor for a long time. I've done over 30 angel investments and been a, vent- a venture capitalist for a long time. And, you know, there's, there's absolutely a role for those types of investors. But, you know, like we said earlier, there's a lot of companies uh, for whom that's just not a good fit. And you are, when you take, especially when you take venture money, you're, you're agreeing to sell your company. You might not be selling it at that point, but you know, oftentimes you're giving up some control and it's, it's fundamental control. You're giving up control over oftentimes when you can take capital in the future and when you can sell your company, because a lot of times venture, venture, uh, rounds will come with those provisions that they have, you know, which, which makes sense for a venture capitalist that they have the right to, um, you know, they'll have veto rights over future rounds. So it is a long-term relationship and, and, um, the equity is, is something to be really considerate about giving away, but it's also control and, 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 you know, making sure that when you are taking that step, you are taking it with, with somebody, an investor who's, perfectly aligned with your vision. I mean, the step of taking venture capital and that you are going to sell your company because, you know, if I'm an investor, whether it's angel or venture, I'm not putting my money in there to sit there forever. I'm I'm expecting an exit. I'm expecting it to be 10, at least 10 times, you know, uh, the price that I put it in. So, and again, there's a great, I've been a venture capitalist, an angel investor. There's, there's a, um, you know, relevant, there's, they're very relevant in this ecosystem. And, it's not and for needed. We're, we're not bad. I'm not bad mouthing VC by any means. There is a need and a purpose for them. And it's a great opportunity to get your business to the level that you want to. But that's not the only place, as you said, that's only a 1% in many companies. And and the the polar opposite of a VC is your local bank walking into uh, National Bank of Australia or Bank of Mu- Missouri or you know right. Bank of America and saying, can I get a business growth loan? They're going to yeah. laugh you out of the, the branch because your business isn't stacked in a way to be able to do that. And there's no real true capital or asset yeah. that they can bank on, you know? Yeah. So then we it's, try to build the relationship and all that stuff, but it's, it's, 
they still say no more often than yes. Well, I mean, it's why lighter capital exists and a lot of other alternative financing companies exist because banks who have the cheapest form, you know, the cheapest access to capital, if if banks were to go into this um, market, you know, there really wouldn't be a need for companies like lighter capital and other mm-hmm. alternative fintechs. But um, most banks, you know, they want to see profitability, they want to see hard assets, they want to see personal guarantees. And, and there's all kinds yet. of reasons. I spent you know close to five years working at National Australia Bank. There's all kinds of logical reasons for sure. that, given the regulations they have to operate under. But um, it's they it's typically almost never a, an option for the types of companies we fund. In fact, when they get to a point where they could be bank financeable, our biggest two of our biggest investors are Silicon Valley Bank and um, National Australia Bank, we make those introductions because that will be a cheaper form of capital than we can provide. I love that. So one more alternative side that people hear about um, often is the um, maybe the the shorter term loans, you know, the higher interest rates. It is this something that compares to you or are you an in-between that and and one of the better um, options? Because there's like... um, kind of like cash cash loans right where mm-hmm. you need a you need you need financing between your paychecks you know and you go get a yeah. cash a cash money loan i've seen clients use those and they're horrible i mean they're very expensive to do are you like that or are you not like that no we're longer term and i mean when i there's um I'm thinking of MCA, which is Merchant Cash Advance, and there's companies that play in that space. And those are typically shorter term, sort of 30 days to maybe, you know, up to 180 days. And that's where you're borrowing money and you're uh, paying back based on your revenue. And it's usually daily revenue. So your revenue that comes in, there's a percentage of that that's going out until the loan's paid back. And those also are very useful for companies. Because if you think about now that the, the interest rate's going to be very high on those. And I think that's the hard part is that you get into this vicious cycle of I'm paying this back and I, you know, and and Mm. now I'm in this whirlwind of a circle that, that they can't get out. But with some companies, that's the only thing they qualify for. Well, yeah, and and it also might make business sense. So think if you're a business and you know, if you had another dollar, you could make $2 in the next month, if mm-hmm. and another dollar to advertise or buy mm-hmm. more product. And, and the only access you have to that dollar is something that's going to cost you, you know, a, a lot of money in a short amount of time, but, le- but <laughs> less than $2, you know, less than another dollar, it would make sense to get it because other, you know, it gives you access to, you know, whether it's advertising or whatever you need, but we, we yeah. don't typically, we, we, We'll have some companies that want money for just a year, and we're happy to do that because, frankly, there's a lot less risk. Our our risk right. is companies going out of business, and we do have companies oh. go out of business. We lend to you know early stage startups, and some of them don't make it, you know, before they've paid back our um, our our financing. So shorter term is great for us, but most companies, you know, they're looking for growth capital. And if they have to pay it back in a year, it's just not enough time to deploy it and get that growth that they want. I mean, imagine, you know, you're borrowing a million dollars and you're paying it back in a year and say you're paying a a million um, 80,000 
in a year. You know, you're making payments of close to $100,000 a month to get that paid off. And that's hard. Yeah, yeah, you're not really having the time to invest that money and and get the growth. But like I said, we're happy to do those shorter terms. It's just shorter term financing. It's just most companies that we work with want, you know, we do three as years. As Most companies can. want more than that because as it's a lower, it's can. a lower monthly payment, right? And they're they're looking for you know using that cash for growth. Awesome. So um, when a company uses um, lighter capital or somebody similar like you, and this is a perfect fit, they get the financing. This is credit building as well, right? They're showing their ability to. You report, I assume, to the credit bureau and and Duns and Bradstreet. Brad's and I will switch a Duns and Bradstreet. Um, you report, right? So it's credit building as well. Um, they're not looking for our financing for that. They're typically looking for it for growth. But what it sure. what we do do a lot of besides giving providing money is there's some credibility. We're very well known in the venture capital ecosystem and in the private equity ecosystem, both in the US and in Australia. So when companies do want to go down that path, I mean, often an exit for our companies is an exit to a private equity firm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they know if they're a lighter back company, there's probably, you know, it's probably worth taking a look at and the same on the venture side. So, so it helps a lot with the credibility for, you know, going down that route. In terms of just building credit to get a credit card. Um, yeah. But it does help, though. It does help because you can get a letter of recommendation from you showing that you had a good payment history. And it would help hmm. the the customer going forward as they're building and growing because yeah. startups are constantly looking to better uh, strengthen their business profile. And so I was thinking, here's here's maybe another way that they can uh, add add more points to their credit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Okay, so now let's let's dig in a little bit here um, about what you're looking at when you're looking at these businesses to mm-hmm. to show that they're good quality or good investment on your on your behalf. What are you looking at? Well, the nice thing about our credit decisioning process is that it's all data driven. So meaning we look at your data, we look at the numbers, we look at hundreds of points of data in order to come to a decision and come to a risk rating. And the application itself takes under 10 minutes if you're a slow typer, because it's a pretty (laughs) short application. And then we plug into the financials, the accounting platform and the banking platform. And that's how we make our credit decision. And it's very different than say how a venture capitalist or even an angel investor typically makes an investing decision. They're also looking at a lot of data, but a lot of a lot of times what they're primarily looking at is the team. And mm. the t- team is a very subjective um, measurement, right? right? So, um, and that's why when we look at where venture capital dollars have gone historically, it's overwhelmingly to males and overwhelmingly to white males because um, it's just pattern recognition, right? So we, what's, what's, Interesting, but also not surprising is if you look at where LIDAR has um, deployed funds, because we don't have any subjective criteria in our underwriting process, 
we have the percentage that has gone to women-led companies, companies with senior women, with women on their senior management team and people of color is a lot higher than you would see in venture. And that's because we don't have those subjective measurements in place, which, you know, there's a lot of bias and a lot of unconscious bias that goes into those decisions. Exactly. You know what, that's, that's, that's a great thing to hear that you're lending to a diverse audience because you're right. I mean, you know, you got to be part of, you got to show, you got to have all the team in place and showing. And I mean, like we had discussed before that in venture capital, they're looking at what's your, what's your projection, right? What are we looking at? What's the business plan? How is that exit going to be formed? How are we, the venture capitalists, coming into going, how can I get 10X on my money and how soon can we get that back, right? Whereas you're looking at, hey, it's your money. You go do what you need to do. You just pay us back. Exactly. It's, it's, here is the capital you need. It's very benign capital. And how else can we help you? So what are their, and some companies rely on us a lot for help. And some companies, um, you know, just take the capital and don't need much else, but we're there to help if they need it. And, and the, the ways that we, the ways that we provide the most help, we have a perks program. So you get AWS credits and all kinds of discounts, but really probably what um, we're used for the most often is help with fundraising when they do want to go down that path. So because that's our background, we can help with their PowerPoint presentation. And and most importantly, we help with warm introductions. And and then another way where that's worth millions right there, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know the company because you're working with them and you know the perfect next partner for them. Yeah, exactly. And we can make the funding decision on behalf of the venture capitalist, but we can at least get them the meeting, which I know after being a venture capitalist for a long time, you really need warm intros to get Uh, those meetings. You know, they're inundated and, um, you know, how do you get above the crowd and and get noticed? And that's with a warm introduction. And then another thing is we um, provide a lot of connectivity or the option, the opportunity for connectivity for our CEOs. So because we've done over a thousand rounds of financing and financed over 500 companies, mostly in the B2B SaaS space, um, if there is something, if there's an issue, one of our current clients is dealing with, you know, chances are someone else in our portfolio is dealing with it or has faced that challenge before or someone who's exited our portfolio. So I have found as an entrepreneur that, you know, I, I learn more from other entrepreneurs than anybody else. And so I think one of the the biggest value adds we have is the connections to other entrepreneurs in our community. I like that. Do you do a, a roundtable kind of uh, um, mastermind uh, where you bring them together? Um, we do. Or we do have they a CEO just... summit that they come, oh, people come together for a couple days in the US. We've been doing that for a couple of years. And we have a seat. We just had our first CEO summit in Australia because Australia is a newer market for us. And that was a day that was actually just last week. Oh. And we also have CEO groups, um, oh. which are very valuable. Um, I belong to a C, you know, I've, I've been involved in a CEO group for some time and, you know, it's really valuable and it's, it's also expensive. You pay for it, but we provide, uh, you know, for the lighter capital CEOs, they um, have access to these CEO groups um, free of charge. Oh. I love it. And another question. So you, because you're in Australia, and I know you explained you're part-time in Australia and part-time in the U.S., um, do you lend internationally? Do you lend more in the, in the U.S.? Where's your Where's your mm. dollars going? Yeah, Lighter Capital started in 2010 in the U.S. And mm. so most of when I talk about those thousand rounds of financing, I think we've done 
in terms of rounds of financing, somewhere between 25 and 30 in Australia and a few in Canada. So pretty much everything else has been done in the U.S. But we operate in Canada, the U.S. and Australia. And the U.S. is our, our, our primary market. Love it. And you mentioned mostly uh, fintech um, or tech companies. Um, Do you go outside of that arena or is that kind of the lane that you guys choose and that's where you stay? Well, we look for recurring revenue and high gross margins, and those typically tend to be technology companies. Mm. But we have provided capital to non-tech companies as well, as long as um, we can see that we have to be able to predict the revenue. That's how we predict, you know, how are we going to get paid back in three years? We have to predict the revenue and, you know, we're looking at the past to predict what's going to happen in the future. So typically that's companies with recurring revenue, which doesn't necessarily mean um, tech companies, but, uh, and with strong gross margins. So usually it's, it's tech companies with recurring revenue, but in those thousand rounds of financing, we have some exceptions. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of companies out there that, that do have recurring revenue. Um, mm. A lot of my clients, I focus on making sure that they have some sort of repeat revenue market, whether it's, um, you know, the, the financial services world where they're getting the, the monthly revenue for it, or they're delivering a product on a subscription model. Um, mm-hmm. These are really important pieces rather than, like you said, you get the big spikes in education and it falls down. And then come spring, you get another big spike in education. Yeah. That can be well, quite challenging for a business model. So having the, the, the recurring revenue is a beautiful piece. Absolutely. And in fact, um, I, a couple of our companies come to mind that you might not think are classic tech companies. Mm-hmm. One is Playground Sessions. Um, that's a company that provides um, online piano lessons. And, you know, they have a partnership with Quincy Jones and it's, it's such a great company. And as you can imagine, it grew a lot during COVID. Um, Another one of our companies, Beachly, they provide a quarterly, um, it's a subscription product for consumers and it's the quarterly uh, beach uh, basket, beach bag, things that you would need at the beach. It's really cool. Great. Um, you know, great growth, great customers run by a wonderful entrepreneur, really good product. So, oh, and another one of our companies is a dating app. It's called Datebox. So it's for couples and it's a subscription date box where you, um, you know, I, it. you know, it's hard a real dating of, app, right? You well, guys, yeah, not a dating app to couple. pair people, but people that are already <laughs> couples to give them date ideas and provide them with everything they need. And so they've it. sort of got that, that date night is already pre-planned for them, everything they need for it. Oh, yeah. And I it's great. That. Another, another, date so those, in a would, box. yeah, a date in a box. They're, they're called date box. <laughs> But um, so I wouldn't call those, you know, your traditional tech companies, but there's recurring revenue and there's a predictive element. So so we can fund companies like that. I love that. I love that. You know, it's it is so refreshing to hear that there are other financing options because it's difficult to bootstrap. And unless you're going to go out and do some sort of crowdfunding, there's really not very many options for you to to get the money you need to grow because we both agree that you need an influx of money to expand and grow and hire Mm. the people, buy the products that you need. And it's hard to do that on the back of sales, especially in a young company. So I love the fact that you're giving, you're giving these young companies an opportunity to do what they know they can do. Yeah. And I love it. It's more more of an angel funding in my mind than angel investing would be. 
I think it's great. So, um, so where do people, where can people find out more about you, Lighter Capital, funding in, in the States, um, coming up with different options? I know people are looking for you out there. So where can they find you? So we are lightercapital.com and the pre-qualification just takes 45 seconds at the most to fill out, which kind of tells you if you might be a fit or not. Um, lightercapital.com, lightercapital.com slash apply. And then we've also recently launched, which you can find on our website, and we can put this up on um, uh, on your podcast website as well, which I'm really excited about, which is a what's my valuation calculator. It's probably mm-hmm. a question we get asked um, almost more often than any other question when companies are looking at, you know, what's what's my company valued at? And of course, this isn't an exact, you never know what your company's valued exactly at until you go to find a buyer willing to pay that. But this, we're taking in external data to give a range of what, what companies would be valued at. And especially in this changing market, we're finding, you know, that's a very common question that's asked. Exactly. And they can find that just on your website, Lighter Capital. And it's lighter, lighter like capital. Lighter, lighter, L-I-G-H-T-E-R. L-I-G-H-T-E-R, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic because, you know, when we're looking at growing our company and we want to make sure that we're doing the right things, you know, checking the value of your company is super important because then you know if you're doing the right thing. And then you're valuing, it's part of the data that you're using in your qualifications is what's the value worth now? What could it be worth in the future exactly. with this growth potential? And um, it's just another, another supportive data piece that, you know, business owners need to know. So thank you. Yeah, That's exactly. Especially that. when they go to fundraise with, from a, um, when they go to equity fundraise or when they go to sell their company. Exactly. Exactly. So important. Well, Melissa, this has been awesome. You've shared some really good ideas and I think you've opened up opportunities for listeners that they probably didn't know about. I mean, like you said, we all know about VC and we all know that banks really don't want to lend to us business owners. (laughs) Um, So we were kind of, there was nothing there. And now, now you've brought lighter capital to our attention. So that's, uh, that's amazing. Well, thanks for having Marcia. It was great to speak with you. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. And now more than ever, it's super important to focus on growing your business and its revenue. And by the way, capital infusion can help that business growth as well. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about my book's 12 strategies that would impact your industry. Go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free only for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing folks. So these strategies, again, can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and the value of their company without having to pay for additional marketing or advertising. Go pick up a copy of your book at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. And you know what, this, these will help you strengthen your company as well. So when you do need that influx of funding, you're going to be in a better trajectory to get there. So Melissa and I would love to hear your questions, uh, feedback. Tell us what you're doing for growth. Tell us what you need money for. And Melissa and I will comment on the, on the subscription or on the podcast feed. And don't forget while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast. 
And you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you, Marcia. 